right, all right, all right, all right, my friends. This is going to be a uh, this is going to be a fascinating one. So before I kick into it, I just want to say a couple things. Um, first and foremost, if you are watching this live, give me a hashtag live in the comments. If you are watching the replay, give me a hashtag replay in the comments. Give some likes and love. Matt's on here. Super excited. So yeah, do that for me. I like to get that going. It helps the good old algorithm to make sure, well, that uh, people see this. You know, the more interaction and comments and engagement that we can get, the better for the good old algorithm. When people just sit and watch, which I have had plenty of people say, oh, I'm just so, just had some people today on that it. I just can't take my, my eyes off the screen. I, I appreciate that. But give me a little hashtag live or hashtag replay. And I'm going to kick this in by, I'm adding something in for any of those. This is, this is cool. This is, this is different. So let's, uh, let's, let's kick it. Let's kick it. Oh, booyah. <laughs> well, for those of you catching it live, the audio is always there on the podcast, but I usually don't have that little graphic animation uh, on the actual live stream. But I got a whole thing queued up today, and this is going to be fun. For those of you who, well, for those of you who have uh, shown up here for the first time, and, and maybe you could let me know if this is your first time or not in the comments or whether you've watched many of these. But those of you who are your, 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 your virgins, first time ever listening to me, first time ever watching, uh, this one's going to be a little different because typically I don't ever script. I definitely don't read off teleprompters and I don't quite frankly usually know exactly at all what I'm going to say. I have a title or a concept and then I go with it. And that's how I typically do these. Uh, this one's a little different. And I, I did contemplate a little bit more about how to do this one. I actually have a post and I'm going to uh, bring that up here. I have a post what should I buy? Gear, equipment, etc. And uh, let's just say this thing is one heck of a one heck of a post, um, to say the least. Now, right now, if you're just listening and you catch this on the uh, on the podcast, uh, obviously can't see that. You can go check this one. I'll probably load it to my my YouTube and I'll load it. You know, it's on my Facebook as well. Um, but essentially. This post is pretty meaty, and I spent six plus hours writing this post, and um, I'm going to choose to do a little hybrid of ad-libbing and literally directly reading this. Um, so I'll add in some of my normal spice, but number two, I'm, I'm going to be reading some of this pseudo-verbatim. So you'll also get to see, which there'll be a video in here, uh, the little bit of you know what I'm doing right now is normally how I do the whole thing, and I've got a flow, and I keep hitting, da-da-da-da-da, right? And I practiced this for a long, long time, and recently, I was just telling somebody, I'm like, you know, you, you don't lose weight by watching weight loss videos, right? You, you, you don't gain muscle by watching, you know, uh, weight training videos, right? You don't improve your mindset by continuing to feed it negativity. Um, so there's a lot of things that the metaphors make sense in real life, like when you say, you know, of course I won't lose weight if I watch a weight loss video. Wouldn't that be nice? But in other things like becoming better on camera, more confident, more clear, better at whatever XYZ thing you want to get better at, the reality is you got to put in the reps and you got to practice. And a lot of times we want to stay in the place of learning and listening and watching, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, I, uh, without any major further ado, there'll be some videos I'm going to share in here. But the context slightly here is I have seen one too many posts of people asking about what gear should I buy. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, right now, as of the recording of this, the Canon EOS R5, without a price and without a launch date, was just announced. And everybody is going absolutely ape, you know what, over this camera. I'm not saying it doesn't look like a super incredible camera, but what I'm going to dive in here is kind of really getting into the deep why you should buy an expensive camera, a new camera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is coming from, even since I've posted this not quite a week ago, I've had multiple people tell me that they have 13,000, 10 to 13,000 to 20 plus thousand dollars worth of gear and they haven't made any money yet. Any money. It's mind-boggling. You know, it's a little reverse. I had a lady, if you listen to the podcast, you heard a lady I did recently where she did a one-on-one day with me. And uh, at the end of the day, she's like, thank God I did this because now I know I don't want to do video. 
you know, we spend tens of thousands of dollars on techniques and tactics and gear and equipment and technology, not to know whether or whether or not we're going to even do that for the long haul. Too many people buy these $30,000 cameras and ultimately don't even continue on doing that, or they can't figure out how to make any money with it. And that's what we're going to dive in here, because for me... I'm not here to shame people on whether or whether or not they should buy anything. I just want people to think a little differently about their purchasing decisions. So this is going to be a meaty one. I don't really know how long this one's going to take to do. Uh, you can definitely, if you're you know listening on the podcast, you're already on the podcast. If not, it's going to be on Jumpstart Sessions. So Jumpstart Sessions, the podcast, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. If you'd like to read this post, post, <laughs> post. You can go to whatshouldibuy.net. So whatshouldibuy.net is where this post sits for you to read it. I'll probably end up linking up the podcast and the video because I wanted to hit people with all modalities of this content because uh, I've been getting incredible feedback and people like, I really wish I would have had this earlier in my career, as did I. And then some people, this is exactly what they need right now. So um, I... uh, I'm going to get into it. It'll be a little weird. Maybe we'll, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the screen open and we'll, we'll kind of read along. So, uh, rather than see me and I'll, I'll still be in the corner here. So let's dig in. All right, let's dig in here. So what should I buy? So this is a guide to buying expensive gear and toys. When to buy, when not to buy. That is the question I ask of thee. A couple of things. First, I'm not here to judge anyone for your buying decisions. Secondly, my posts are always designed to take my over 14 years in owning a video production company and having many ups and downs, and in the context of this post, having spent literally over $250,000 worth of gear, cameras, etc., cars, courses, mentorship, coaches, and finally, well, I was great at making money and spending it, but I wasn't so great at keeping it. And it put me in over $150,000 worth of debt and at a point in my career having $4,000 plus a month in just a debt bill from over a decade of reckless spending. So if you're great with money and having a ton in the bank, this post is much not likely for you. In fact, you might want to reach out to me. I could probably use some of your health. Uh, so now let's define expensive, okay? Someone who has $10 million in the bank and buys with cash a $250,000 car probably would not say that that's expensive to them, right? This is where, as you'll see here, it's all about perspective. But let's take the same scenario. A person who doesn't have any money saved, has $25,000 in debt, and makes $50,000 a year. Let's say after taxes, they make about $3,000 a month. Well, to buy that same car, this person would most likely need to get a loan. And with a 60-month loan, it would be roughly $4,500 a month to pay for that car. That car would be pretty expensive for that person, right? It's all about perspective. So what's cheap and expensive and nice and not nice? That's all about the person. You know, we we can't sit here and really figure out what's nice or not nice because the reality is it's different for everybody in their current situation. So I don't have anything against people buying nice, expensive, cool things, whatever you want to call it, depending on the specific situation that you're in. In fact, I love nice things. I bought plenty of them through the years and still do. But don't think I came for money. My dad works in a cemetery. My mom cleans houses. And I still live in the same small town of about 26,000 people here in the Midwest. Now, the point here is that carrying lots of debt can be super stressful. It does not let you be very nimble. So some people during this time, this is where I'm going to go off for a second. Some people during this time, they got a lot of money saved. And they might not have jobs coming in currently, but they're okay. Other people... We're making phenomenal money. I mean, really, really doing well, but they don't have any money saved. And the jobs that they were doing are being stopped right now. And those people are more scared than a person who didn't know how to make $25,000 a month. I see people having multi-million dollar businesses being shut down. So the thing I'm doing for the next decade of my life is being smarter with money. I knew how to make it, but I wasn't keeping it. Part of that was an identity thing. So there's so many things I spent money on that were totally worth it. But plenty of things uh, I bought that were not needed, and I learned a lot through the good and bad purchases, and I want to share what I've learned with you. So again, if you're liking this, give it some likes and love. Uh, This is a little different engagement on today. I'm just hiding in the the corner there, you know, reading this. I'm not teleprompter. I'm having some of my flow like I am now. Uh, But give some likes and love. If you're catching this live, give me a hashtag live. If you're catching the replay, hashtag replay. And I'd also love to know if this is your first time uh, listening or you've listened before. So... 
Let's continue on. And again, this will be on the Jumpstart Sessions podcast as well. So this video version of this today is a little different than normal. So there's so many things that I spent money on that were totally worth it, but plenty of things that were not needed. I learned a lot. I read that. There we go. Uh, Look at this post. Isn't about buying cars or bad spending habits. It's about you being able to make the best decisions for you and your family based on your situation. It's a big thing for me. I always love the nuance of specific situations. We can't just, you know, people go in these Facebook groups and it's like a one size fits all. Hey, what camera should I buy? And they're like, oh, you buy this $10,000 camera. They're like, okay, that's, I was wondering that I should, but okay, I'll do it because 25 people in this Facebook group told me I should buy this camera. So in the context, uh, this is also about what is needed from a gear perspective to make a great living in video production. So here's an interesting side note. I have a friend who shoots for schools and nonprofits and typically receives between twenty dollars to $40,000 for those projects. Now, 99% of those projects have always been on-site, multiple cameras, you know, having to be present in person. And during this pandemic, he said, you know, I ultimately got my uh, doomsday fund and everything ready to go because he was prepared, ultimately. And then after about a week of, ah, what do I do? Oh, my God, da 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 He started taking inspired actions and he started reaching out to clients and he was able to generate over $15,000 worth of projects with those same schools he was working with. But here's the key. This is what drives some people crazy and the reality of that I'm going to get into here with people wanting to buy five and 10 and 20 and $30,000 cameras who are struggling to make money right now is that the only gear that was needed for these projects is the internet, computers, other people's phones, slash cameras and webcams, and then editing software. Now, most of this isn't coming from people's fancy cameras. This is coming from webcams and computers and phones that ultimately is going to be sent to him. He's directing the project and then will be edited, um, but there will be no on-site visits. There'll be no on-site shooting. Some of it will incorporate some B-roll because these are prior clients, but I've had other people who didn't have any B-roll and were able to still create things, either just create it with some motion graphics or create it um, with essentially stock footage. So let's break this down into a few categories. So just you're just starting out not 100% sure you will do this full-time or you'll just end up doing something else and you really haven't earned much money, probably zero dollars. You've gained some momentum, and you know without a shadow of a doubt that this is the career for you. And you've maybe earned somewhere between, give or take, ten dollars to $50,000 um, in total revenue. You're now doing this full-time, and you know without a shadow of a doubt still that this is the career for you. And you've been earning a few hundred thousand dollars or more, up to $500,000 plus. And then finally, when does it make sense to buy expensive gear? The amount of money needed or earned? Read on. Here we go. So let's get into this. You're just starting out. Not sure if you're going to do this full time and you might end up doing something else. You haven't earned any money. Well, if you're in this category, I would suggest, depending on your financial situation, either borrowing, renting, or buying just a few basic pieces of gear and spending roughly $25,000 or less. And then before you feel like you need a fancy website and social media and business cards, business name, an LLC, and all these other fancy things, you need to start practicing by going to your friends and family and see if any people you know may need to be, uh, may need something that you could shoot for them or that you could just practice shooting for them, shoot for their business, shoot for their wedding. And you might not even get paid, right, for these jobs. They could be music videos, commercials, weddings, etc. Just get out there and start doing some projects. And you should be able to get some paid projects with this current gear setup and build a little momentum, right? The, the thing is, too many people in this category will buy other things and do all this other stuff and buy more trainings and things to, to, to accumulate. But they haven't done the reps of like, let me learn the gear. Let me use the gear. Let me talk to people. Let me do something to get something proof that I'm going to do this, that I can make some money with it before you go automatically upgrading. So you've gained some momentum. Now you know without a shadow of a doubt, you're like, yeah, I want to do this. Maybe you've earned ten to $50,000. Now, some people, you may or may not be full-time. You may be full-time. Depends, again, on your situation. So depending on exactly what industry you're going to be in will depend on what gear you're going to need. Now, I'm going to assume in this stage, and if you're thinking about upgrading, you've been able to generate some money, right? 
maybe ten to twenty thousand dollars, give or take. If you haven't been able to generate even a few thousand dollars in revenue, I wouldn't suggest that you're ready to upgrade. Especially with the twenty five hundred dollars setup from above, you should be able to generate some five hundred to thousand dollar jobs, at least maybe five to ten, before you consider upgrading. I was just talking to a buddy. He had T2Is and he generated a few hundred thousand dollars with these two T2Is between 2012 and like 2017 before he upgraded to Sony A7Ies, right? Some people are thinking they need to upgrade. They've got five or ten thousand dollars worth of gear, and like that's not enough. I need more, you know, because then I'll get jobs. Or the improved quality is going to help me get jobs. Well, these are all external things because you're lacking internal. Uh, typically confidence. So I would suggest that the question I would ask is how much energy are you actually putting into this? With a few thousand dollar basic camera kit, you haven't been able to generate at least a handful of cheaper jobs. If you can't do that, maybe you don't have the energy or drive or you know motivation to do this right now. And better equipment is not going to help you. This is true in a lot of tasks in life, and this will also depend on if you've been able, um, if you've been at this a few weeks, a few months, or a few years, right? The reality is, yeah, if you just started this a, co- a couple weeks ago and you got some gear and haven't made money yet, I understand. But if you've been at this for six plus months and you haven't gotten one job to pay you a dime, getting better gear and upgrading and spending tons more money on those things rather than potentially mentors or coaches or, or people who can support you and figure out what the actual issue is so that you can move forward. Uh, so now if you've been able to generate $10,000 or more and you may consider upgrading, there's no need to spend roughly more. And I, I was looking into this, looking at my own life. Now, again, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars through my career. So this is not judgment. This is simply me looking back at the jobs that I've done, how much money I've made from those jobs, and what I specifically used. Everybody's different. So this isn't a one-size-fits-all. But give or take a lot of the people I run around with, um, give or take this. So, uh, you know, this $10,000 setup is going to be what you need. I priced out two different options, more or less with the exact same gear. And given the, the gear techies and the, and the nuances of ultimately things that um, – let me pull this up. I'm going to pull myself up instead of uh, looking at just the, the screen there. So ultimately – Super technical people will be like, oh, but this or that, and I need this or that. Yeah, but can you really, if you can't make money with you know, 4K, 8K is not going to be like, ah, I'll be so much more creative with 8K. I get it. You might be. There might be things that would be there, but my Lord, if you cannot generate any revenue with what you have, that's probably already more than enough for right now. These better things, these more expensive things are, I mean... Again, depends on your financial situation. But I priced out these two options. One was roughly about $9,600, and the other one was almost $30,000. The two different packages that I looked at included two cameras, two lenses, a 24 to 105 and a 50, one gimbal, one monopod, two tripods, a cheaper lighting setup, um, uh, and an expensive lighting setup, two lights, two light stands, a a, a laptop for the cheaper setup, an expensive uh, desktop for that. 20 cards for the cheaper and four cards. I did it was the, uh, I think the 1DX Mark II or whatever. It's like $6,500 in the Mark III. And to get the equivalent amount of space in cards that that camera has, I could get 20 cards, uh, I think with 32 gigs a piece for the cheaper setup. I was only going to get four 128 gig cards on the expensive setup. And then that's some audio gear and miscellaneous. Now, this was mainly the EOS R and like the 1DX Mark III that I kind of priced out. But then there was a YouTube video where the lights were being shared that were $3,500 lights for two lights. I hate to say it, but what you're going to see here, there's certain elements that light is light on certain levels. Are there features that make a difference? Sure. Is there professional quality? Absolutely. But again, there's a law of diminishing returns where certain things do not warrant uh, an astronomical increase uh, in, in, in cost. You don't get an astronomical increase in quality. So I'm going to share a video here. This video was created for Tony Robbins that was shot with two people. Some of this footage is actually in his documentary on Netflix. This was shot on a Canon Mar- uh, Mark II, a Canon 7D, not a 70D, a 7D, a 70-200 F4, a 16-35-2.8, a 50 millimeter Bogan Monopod, Glide Cam 2000. 
Also, one quick point for those of you who may read this and be thinking about Alexas and Panavision and Reds and all that. This post is not about making major motion pictures or projects with multi-million dollar budgets. This is for people whose average budget is below $25,000 and who generate typically a couple hundred thousand dollars or less. If you've got a $5 million company, might be some stuff you could learn if you're a person struggling right now uh, because you have zero dollars saved and you've you know, created a situation that you're in, in a problem. But, you know, if you've been good with your money and you're generating millions a year, it probably doesn't matter as much to you. But people who aren't even making $50,000 a year, this stuff matters because there's too much stuff out there where people are effectively buying and getting things that are not helping them move their business career forward. So I'm going to share this video um, for Tony Robbins, and we're going to go from there. And again, if you're catching this live, give me a hashtag live. Replay, hashtag replay, and give me a rock and roll and some likes and love if you're finding this helpful. I know it's a little different if you're your first time here uh, than my normal, but I just wanted to get this out in uh, audio form. So here we go. Whoop. What if, what if problems were always gifts? What if every single problem really was a gift in your life? What if every problem you ever had was life happening for you, not to you? What if everything in our lives is guided? What if everything in our lives was divine timing? Everything, even the pain. When you're in the darkest place, when you feel like all is lost, when you think there's no way to turn it around, remember this. Fantastic. There we go. Rock and roll. So again, any of those who are just catching this, this is a uh, blog post on whatshouldibuy.net. Um, so a lot of you have seen me or heard me and know that the way I'm delivering this today is a little bit different because I'm more or less uh, reading this word for word and I'm ad-libbing. So some of you can compare and contrast how I deliver in a live, uh, unscripted way versus me reading something. Uh, not my favorite way, but this just felt right with too many specifics I made not to just read it. Uh, so if you enjoyed that, give some likes and love, and um, I'm going to keep reading this. And so, and again, this will be on Jumpstart Sessions, the podcast. So uh, I wanted to purpose this blog post in multiple ways, so multiple modalities, so it can hit people Again, in the deepest way possible, whatever form they like to, to consume, whether it's video like this, whether it's listening or whether it's reading, it'll all be there because this is very important. Too many people are getting in way too much debt. Uh, too many people are spending way too much money based on peer-to-peer -peer comments inside of Facebook groups letting, should I buy this or that? And the difference is like ten dollars or $15,000 worth of stuff. And I've come across too many people recently who have ten dollars to $20,000 worth of gear and they haven't made any money yet. And so for me, I have a lot of kind of pain that I've worked through through the years of, of uh, getting an enormous debt because of that. So let's tie in. After 14 years of being in business and generating over $2 million in revenue during that time and averaging you know, gross revenue between one hundred and sixty dollars to about $250,000 a year, regardless of which brands, camera, et cetera, you are buying, what I had mentioned before this video 
is the basic year I've needed for jobs that I've done to generate an average between five to $15,000 per project. The average, 80-20 of my whole career. I, I've done free jobs. I've done you know, cheap jobs. I've done expensive jobs. But my average in the majority of my career came out to that place. So do some pro- projects require more cameras, more lenses, more people, drones, etc.? 100%. I'm not saying that that little kit that I just mentioned without giving the the specifics, that that's all you need and that's all you'll ever need for every project on planet Earth. I'm just saying that from a there's a base kind of levels place to get yourself going, test the waters, and then there's an upgraded place that really shouldn't be more than depending on what you get, six to ten, twelve thousand dollars that you will be able to generate hundred to five hundred thousand dollars or more in revenue per year. Without needing the thirty, the fifty, the eighty thousand dollar equivalent. Again, if you're not <laughs> having a company with multi million dollar projects, and so uh, you know, for sure, I'm just talking about the eighty twenty rule here. I don't personally own. I, you don't personally need to own five cameras, two drones, two gimbals, ten lenses, etc. Right? You get the point. It doesn't mean that over the course of the career you have, you won't get a lot of these things and upgrade and ha- end up with five cameras. But again, this is about making better decisions financially, depending on where you're at in your career right now. And I've said this already about multiple people just since I wrote this, having bought thirteen to twenty thousand dollars in gear and generated zero dollars. Again, remember, I'm not talking to you right now if you got a four hundred thousand dollar a year business and you have plenty of cash left over and you choose to buy gear and you love buying it. That's fine and dandy. I'm talking to the younger me who was super impressionable and didn't know any better. Look, I looked up to people in the industry, and back in my day, there was a company called Still Motion, still around in various forms today. Uh, but around 2009, they were the best in the business, and a ton of people looked up to them, including me. I actually was able to become friends with them. But one of the purchases I made was because I was inspired by one of their employees named Michael Wong to buy a Steadicam pilot. Now, this was the full camera rig. Uh, it was $4,500. And I also owned the roughly $350 Glidecam 2000 Pro, which are what got the shots in the Tony Robbins video that I just shared. Now, Patrick, who was the owner of Still Motion, had the $8,000 version of the Steadicam. And after a few years, I put together this video. So let me share this with all of you. This is a Glidecam demo reel. So let's take a look at this. All right, there we go. So 99% of people watching that will have no clue what it was shot on, what lenses were used, what cameras were used, what stabilization device was used. But that puppy was shot back in roughly 2009 uh, on the 5D Mark II for the majority of it and on a handheld glide cam. And so I still love some of the stuff I have. Dan's the test of time on a lot of levels. Um, And so I shared this with Michael Wong. He was like, wow, man, that's incredible. I'm so proud of you. Great job. How do you like that steady cam pilot? Does a great job, doesn't it? Now, I was so pumped to tell him that only two to three shots out of that entire edit were done with the pilot. So the rest were shot with the handheld Glidecam 2000 Pro. I actually really didn't like the Steadicam pilot at all. It was so clunky and like RoboCop for me personally. Now, I was so much more effective with the handheld Glidecam, which is what I've mainly used for over a decade. Now, this is why I say it's the wizard, not the wand. Uh, he was convinced, because of the context, he was convinced that I had shot this on the Steadicam pilot. But with this particular piece of equipment, the Pilot or the Glidecam, if you knew how to use them both well, there was almost zero difference in the quality of the final video. See, and that's the thing. There's certain pieces of equipment that you'll buy that nobody knows if your, tri- if your camera's sitting on a $5,000 tripod or it's sitting on your freaking kitchen table, right? The, the gimbals, no one's necessarily going to know whether you have a $3,000 gimbal or a $400 gimbal, right? There's a lot of pieces of gear that you won't know. And then there's this law of diminishing returns with a lot of the cameras as well, where the which I'm going to get into is what I found through the years is that when I was younger and lacked confidence in my ability and I looked up to my peers, I would feel that if I had the gear that they had, that I would produce the work like they did. And so I would be able to charge more money. But the reality was, in 2011, my business doubled. I went from roughly never having generated more than about 150000 give or take, in revenue in five years of being in business to we did almost 300000 in 2011 and almost 400000 in 2012. 
Now, what changed between 2006 when I started and 2011? Well, two things. First off, I will tell you what did not change. I did not upgrade my website anymore. I did not up, buy tons more uh, gear. I barely upgraded my uh, gear for almost eight years after that, right? My work did not get light years better between those two years, right? In fact, my work quality barely changed at all. Now, here's what did change. My internal confidence changed drastically, I stopped comparing myself to others. I got off the forums. I believed in myself more and the work I was producing, right? I had the clarity in my life and business. I eliminated almost 80% of the offerings in my business and I got super focused. I hired a stud named Ryan Hamlin to essentially run my company and I was getting really overwhelmed in my business and I was dropping a lot of balls and that's why I got him. And, and, and so he came in and helped make sure everyone was getting responded to via email, phone, et cetera. And he also started to take over and manage all the projects. So let's say you're doing this full time. You love it. You want to do more of it. You've generated a few hundred thousand dollars more in revenue. Okay. Now at this stage, you've upgraded your gear to let's say this $10,000-ish package. You will most likely uh, buy additional gear when you're in this stage. But you will not need to upgrade to the equivalent $30,000 version of things. Again, if you want to, it's your own decision. But in the context of what I'm writing here, the reality is it's not going to exponentially grow your business. And I'm not saying you shouldn't buy it, but I'm saying you can be earning $250,000 to $500,000 or more or a year without the expensive alternative, right? And so the $10,000-ish camera option will still produce incredible quality for your clients. And getting beyond that, we are talking about the law of diminishing returns, meaning the difference in the quality of the footage between a $5,000 and a $25,000 camera is not drastic enough to warrant a $20,000 difference in price. There could be nuances. There could be features. I understand that. I'm not ignorant to that. And I would challenge that those features and those upgrades are so exponential that it warrants that kind of gap in pricing. 99% of your clients, they don't even care what you shoot on as long as it gets them the results they're looking for. For example, the client is a dentist and wants to get five new patients in a month. If a guy with a $2,000 camera comes along and is able to get the client uh, 10 new clients in a month um, because he understands the client, the market, sales, and storytelling, etc., do you think that he would rather have the videographer who is a technical savant who owns $25,000, $50,000 worth of gear and makes a masterpiece that gets lots of views and likes but doesn't bring in any new clients because he doesn't understand the client, the market, marketing, sales, etc., right? So there's always exceptions to this. Again, I'm not naive to some of these exceptions to scenarios. There's always exceptions. There's always caveats. I get that. I'm talking about the big picture of the majority. A lot of people do not fall into the exception, although I'd help, love to help you get there. Uh, so right now I'm talking about, not talking about the exceptions, I'm talking about the majority. In fact, right now there is still so much buzz at the recording of this about what's the right camera to buy. My friends, this is 2020 as of the recording of this. The reality is this question's been asked since I've been alive messing around with cameras. So that's at least, I've been alive 34 years almost, but you know, almost 14, 15 years, this is a question that hasn't gone away. What should I buy? What do I, and I did it. I did it, right? I'm not saying, I have not not done any of this and I'm just like judging everyone who does. If, you, if you're catching this, you know, if you're not on the, on the podcast and you're catching this in, the reality is uh, I've spent enormous amounts and I'd love to save some people. There's always problems and challenges and things that you're gonna have to overcome yourself. Certain things, eh, maybe or maybe not, are not necessary um, for you to have to uh, to learn. Again, if you're liking this, give it some likes and love. Give me a hashtag live if you're catching it live. And if you're catching the replay, give me a hashtag replay. And I'd love so far to know, are you enjoying this? Give me a rock and roll. Give me some likes and love. What's the insight? Where are you at? Send me a private message. I won't uh, publicly say it, but I might use it as a story. Uh, so in fact, right now, so much buzz. So most of it's just marketing, right? All these cameras, I've heard from Apple that Apple will come out with a new camera. I mean, a new phone. They have four years out phone ready now, but from a marketing business perspective, they want to eke out those uh, features each year. 
So rather than go, wow, it takes us four years to develop this phone, let's bring it out now. We don't have anything for four years. We want people to be able to upgrade every year, even though the upgrades are so incremental that it doesn't necessarily, so now they get four grand out of you instead of a thousand, right? And not everybody, again, plenty of people don't, don't fall into that, but there's plenty of people who do. So year by year, camera updates have very little change in the overall image quality. A big change in my career was going from standard definition GL2 Canon to filming with an HD DSLR like the Canon Mark II. I mean, that was revolutionary. And the demo I showed you earlier was still when it was like manual, weird automatic settings and shot in 30p. And I had to do this weird conversion to get it to convert to 24. And I had to use all these weird plugins to get my software to edit it. It was crazy. That was a huge change right but those kind of drastic like dramatic like really light years difference in quality changes maybe every five to ten years i mean jesus if we're talking about this you know canon right now this r5 you know the reality is right we're talking i'm talking about 2009 this mark ii let's call this the biggest update that it's had we're in 2020 that was like 11 years ago right proves my point if that is what you are worried about right now, and I'll make a guess, if you're more worried about the gear and the cameras that you should be buying right now, could be wrong, but I bet you're not making as much money during this pandemic and cannot wait to get onto the other side of this. So here's the two types of creators that we're going to talk about here for a second. One, the order taker. The other is the master chef uh, or the master creator, right? The owner, the problem solver, the entrepreneur, give them different names. You can be an employee and be a master chef. It doesn't mean what I'm going to get into this. This is not just relegated to special people. This is just a mindset of which one could have. And, and I even got an email on my, from my email list right after I had sent this article out. And the guy goes, order taker. So I'd love to know if you're listening to this, which you're going to fall into, the order taker or the master chef. There is no shame where you're at right now. But what I've seen is, and some stuff I've done with people getting on the phone or not falling in this category, the average thing you're going to get for a project is probably less than $1,500 to $2,500 if you're just an order taker. Whereas the master chef does have the ability to get $25,000, $50,000, $500,000 for a project and then, hate to say it, but hire a bunch of order takers. But the people who will be safe during times like this, even if they're an order taker, is a person who is thinking like a master chef. So the order taper, t t taker is typically the person who's all worried about the wand and what gear they should be buying, leaving their finances into the hands of people on Facebook groups who don't even pay their bills. That's what I learned back in the day when I grew my business. The people on Facebook, the people in forums... They don't pay for my bills, so they don't really care or look into your circumstance or situation to see whether the decisions that they're helping you make are the right decisions for your life. So the order taker typically gets paid the least amount of money because they are very replaceable. Think about it. You never go through the drive-thru of a fast food joint and say, hey, I'm feeling lucky today. Make me whatever you want, right? So the order taker right now is sitting at home waiting for their orders from their clients and there aren't any coming in. It's exactly the message I got in email. So on the other hand, the master chef or the master creator is dealing with the hand that they have been dealt and is getting very creative and being resourceful right now. So people trust the master chef. The example from Euro, uh, Euro Dreams of Sushi, the Netflix documentary, he charges 270 bucks a person. It takes months to get a reservation, and you don't even get to pick the sushi that you're going to eat. He puts, you in front, he puts the food in front of you, and you eat it. This was a line from a review. Euro is, is a sushi god. This is not a meal. This is an experience. The master chef provides an experience. People will pay more for experiences, especially rare ones. But creatives with cheaper, expensive cameras and the ability to create quality-looking work are a dime a dozen. Having quality work is no longer the competitive advantage. So the ones winning through this pandemic are the master chef creators. They are getting creative about how they are going to help and serve their clients in ways, wait for it, <laughs> a little crazy reader, wait for it, ah, dare I say, <laughs> don't require much gear at 
all but require creativity, uh, require resourcefulness, require directing abilities, require storytelling abilities, require editing abilities. These are the things. So if you haven't made $50,000 in your business yet and you're considering buying all this expensive gear, you could dream of uh, getting paid five to, uh, and you couldn't dream of getting paid five to ten thousand dollars for a job that you didn't shoot was shot on phones and webcams. And the only two things you have to do is direct, consult, um, and problem solve and get it edited. Right? This stuff's happening. Getting five to ten thousand dollar projects, we don't even leave your house. You just direct and coach and consult and problem solve the situation and get it created remotely and and have this thing created. So, my friend, Mr. Ryan. Mr. Ryan's doing this right now during the pandemic with his clients. He got inspired. Uh, he got an inspired thought, which led to an inspired action, which led to a free gig. He calls it a case study. And that led to a free case study um, with one of his own clients who, who hadn't paid him or worked with him for years. They ended up hiring him for $5,000 for five videos that would be user-generated content. No one will leave their house and no fancy cameras or gears will be used. A lot of people right now cannot even get a $5,000 job with their $50,000 worth of gear, right? And they're at home being an order taker. So this led to another inspired conversation with the university about doing a virtual graduation video with user-generated content. He told them, and they were very emotional on the phone about his idea, and they were so grateful and thankful for him and trusted him to do his thing uh, and this project will be five to $15,000. All in all, I have zero doubts that Ryan will generate over $50,000 worth of business during the pandemic with jobs that won't require shooters, fancy gear, cameras, just Zoom webcams, phones, creativity, a director and an editor. That's it. So now I just did an a interview with Ryan. Let me uh, show this for a second. So I just did an interview uh, a couple of weeks ago for my Jumpstarter Virtual Summit. And uh, you can see I have my man, uh, Casey Jones here. Uh, he's been in real estate. He did 25000 in March. I got Parker Walbeck. I have an interview with him from Full-Time Filmmaker. Uh, Ryan Hanlon, who I'm mentioning here. Everybody loved his uh uh, interview does twenty to forty thousand dollar projects for his schools and nonprofits, and then he's got real creative here during this time. My man Ronnie Gordon, he has twenty five hundred to forty five hundred a month selling stock footage. This guy five years ago wasn't making a dime. Uh, Paul Xavier of Next Level Creators, who I'm, I'm now partnered up with. A uh, whole other conversation we're going to do right now. But Brett Culp. A documentary filmmaker. He's had his films on uh, Netflix and Hulu. His uh, documentaries have raised over $100,000 for charities. Um, and Brett's, he used to do celebrity weddings for $25,000 plus. And then Jordan Bunch. And then finally, my man, Mark Wonderland. And so if you guys would like uh, these interviews, um, and in fact, I didn't, uh, let me, uh, for any of those who are here on the thing, let me just share my screen since I didn't share the screen there. So I read them off. But you can ultimately um, see these again here, and you can see how you got this laid out. So there's a video. Play on SoundCloud. Download the MP3. It's got links to everybody, little blurbs about what they uh, essentially accomplished, et cetera, et cetera. So if you would like that, if you are essentially um, watching this right now, say uh, – <laughs> Give me the interviews. Give me the interviews, and I'll send you a message uh, on Facebook if you'd like to have access to um, to those interviews. Right now, mainly what I've been doing, um, if you're on there as well, is I've been giving that to people who essentially – let me share my screen again – who do what I call – probably don't talk about this enough. Some of you don't even know about it, but essentially coaching your pocket. Um, so coaching your pocket – is uh, my coaching service that I offer. Real simple. Right now, there's a, a trial that you can do. And I always tell people, you know, they want to, oh, it sounds amazing. I, I love it, da-da-da-da-da, but I'm not ready, or I got to do this, or I got to do that. Here, here's what I'm here to tell you. The, the reality is I'm going to help you be able to prepare. I plan to do this for a long time. I want to pressure you more to do the trial than I will to sign up for anything because I'm here for the long game. So you can go to coachinyourpocket.net and check that out. I'm giving that to uh, any of you who are listening Sign up for that. Get in there. I do a thing called Jumpstart Stories inside the app that I do on Voxer, and that's where I send out a whole other slew of, of nuggets that typically are nowhere else. So, um, all right, my friends, let's get back to this. So I did interviews with all those people, and r the reality is that Ryan falls into the category of creator who is the master chef. 
He doesn't know how to use any of the gear, really. He doesn't care about what gear is really being used. But Ryan has an unshakable confidence and clarity. He has incredible skills when it comes to directing, creativity, and serving the client. But Ryan is not a talented shooter or editor. He hires incredible shooters and editors, of which those shooters and editors are now editing for him during this pandemic because Ryan knows how to be a master chef. Now, there are business owners. There are people who hypothetically are not uh, – you know, they, they hire people already. You hire shooters and editors. But if you still fall more into the order-taker mentality, then you're probably not doing a great job at problem-solving right now and getting resourceful and getting creative and thinking about what you can do. And inside the Coach in Your Pocket, I'm always giving the latest updates of different clients and people and links and inspiration in there that I just don't share anywhere else. Um and links to all these videos. So this didn't happen overnight for video, though, or for Ryan, right? I, and it shares that in that interview. But uh, he spent a decade or more building his confidence, his clarity, his relationships, just like, which I have my video, which I'll share again, I've spent an enormous amount of time building my own confidence. So here we go. Whoop, always hit that there. In 10 years, I hope to uh, have a very successful business um, with my video production stuff. Um, as you can tell, I'm not the actor, <laughs> not at all. Um, I, I like to be behind the camera in front of this, you know, putting stuff together. An amazing 2011. I started with nothing, and um, I've just surrounded myself with really good people. And, you know, anything's possible. I'm kind of goofy and uh, kind of awkward in front of the camera, because, again, I like to be behind it. Hey everybody, it's Michael Gavin here, and I'm super excited to be with you on Wednesday. We're going to do this video in 60 seconds or less. Thank you very much. Just kidding. All right, let's go at it. So I am fired up. Find what you're passionate about, but keep trying. Even in my trying to find what lights me up, I keep failing. I keep doing things. I keep trying so I can find that thing. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to ultimately, you know, share that. Um, and I, I love, I love sharing that video because it's so powerful to see that this is where the concept of you, you've just got to start, right? People want to become more confident on camera. They want to become better with sales, better with their cameras, better with editing, better at directing, better, better, better at things. But the thing is, they're not willing to do the reps. They're not willing to do the practice. And we at times focus on, Again, guilty as charged here, but working on you know the websites and business cards and all these things, learning more. I got to watch another video. Maybe I need another camera. Right, these things that can ultimately um, distract us from doing the things that might be difficult now, but will become easy tomorrow. So we're going to be wrapping this up, my friends. Holy smokes! Holy smokes! This has been fantastic. I don't know how many. I haven't been checking really comments or anything right now. Uh, but again, if you're liking this, give some likes and love. If you're on Facebook, give me a hashtag live if it's live. Hashtag replay if it's replay. And please, if you're on a social media platform or you're even listening, I love. I love, 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 love receiving feedback about this content. I love hearing the breakthroughs that you've had. If this one has any for you, if you've been listening to multiple things and you've had anything, one, leave a review on iTunes for me. I'd really appreciate that. Number two, send me a private message on, on Facebook um, or send me an email to Michael at the jump starter, no S, Michael at the jump starter.net. Um, I'd love to hear your story and uh, love to see if I can help. So let's pull this let's pull this thing through. If you're enjoying it, give me a rock and roll. All right. So when does it make sense to buy the expensive gear? The amount of money earned, it doesn't really matter to me. You might say, what? After all this, should, shouldn't I be making a certain amount of money? No. I don't believe in buying expensive gear, toys, cars, etc. can be done for all sorts of various reasons. So let's address a few. Your client is needing or requesting that you have it. Great. Well, too many times, though, I bought a $5,000 piece of gear that I used once for the job that I got it for, and I could have rented it for $500 or less and actually made a profit. But if you find that it's going to cost you more in rentals than the cost of the camera, and you could also borrow it potentially, uh, then sure, it maybe makes sense to buy it. But my point is don't automatically buy a piece of gear because your client requests it, right? If you find that you're regularly losing jobs, like actually losing jobs because of your equipment and you're not 
making it up in your head, but people are like, I'm not hiring you. They are asking you what you were using. They say, I need the R5. I need this camera. I need that. Then maybe that's a reason. Most people don't fly. I want to ask people like, no, they don't know what I shoot on or no, they don't ask, right? So then you shouldn't possibly upgrade, right? This is a great opportunity to network within your community with people that do have gear. It's an alternative to renting or buying. And I've seen people build little successful companies off of doing that too. So let's say you just want it. Look, at the end of the day, you can buy whatever you want, whenever you want it. You can buy with cash. You can buy with debt. There's no judgment for buying or wanting nice or expensive things. There should be no shame in buying nice or expensive things. I am not here with this entire post to shame people who have purchased expensive things or have a desire to buy a better camera or a better car or a better house. The only thing that I'm making a suggestion more for myself and then everybody else can benefit because I'm the one who started all this at the beginning of the post, is that I just wish, and I can't change it. I'm able to share this with you, which is on certain levels worth it enough. But ultimately, my next decade is so that when I'm 40, I've got a million in the bank, and I don't owe a soul a dime. When I was 30, I had over $150,000 in debt, and uh, I almost went bankrupt that year. That was four years ago. Um, And I had over $4,000 a month in debt payments. And so when I needed to pivot, it was hard because I didn't get the new pivot going fast enough and I was losing money like crazy. That's what's happening to some people right now. They bought all sorts of expensive things and when everything's kicking and running, you're like, I got this, I got this. And then all of a sudden when you don't got it, you don't got it, right? And so people make 50,000 in a month. They only need four grand. They go spend 35,000 in gear, right? The thing is from an identity perspective, this isn't in there, from an identity perspective, The reality is, is that a lot of people, if they're getting by off of 40 grand a year, they'll still be getting by at 40,000. They'll, or excuse me, if they're getting by at 40,000, they'll still be getting by at 400,000 and they'll still get by at 4 million. It will never be enough because if your identity is getting by, if your identity is lack, if your identity is I'm not good enough, The reality is you might be able to do all sorts of things to increase your revenue and increase your income, but if your identity is stuck in lack and I'm not good enough and I am not worthy and I shouldn't have any money and it burns a hole in your pocket, you will still get by at $4 million a year in revenue. It's not until you shift that identity and you start to make strides and practice towards thinking and shifting that identity to a different identity, to an identity of abundance, an identity of prosperity, an identity of I do a hell of a lot more than just get by, and I am worthy and deserving of it. And until you shift that, it will not matter what you buy or what you increase your income to. Hallelujah. (laughs) Preach. All right. Uh, So, if... It didn't come across after reading all this. If you made it this far in this audio, in this video, or in this article, my goal is not actually to not get you to not buy nice things, but rather to take a deep look at why you are really buying it. I wanted to prove that you can do great quality work, make a great living, and serve your clients on a high level in various different ways that won't break the bank. It's about the experience that you provide to the clients, and it's about the results that you help your clients get. So if you're in a position to drop $80,000 on gears, cards, et cetera, and it won't hurt your pocketbook and you'll feel good doing it, then do it if you really want to. But hopefully it's not just to fill a void inside of you that you are trying to fill with external things. There are plenty of millionaires who have all the money in the world but are emotionally bankrupt. And there are also millionaires who have all the money in the world who are personally, professionally, and emotionally wealthy, right? The same goes for people who don't even earn $30,000 a year. Some are emotionally bankrupt and others are truly the happiest people on the planet. After being around all income levels in my career, I can see this more clear than ever before. In fact, there are people who've been able to, gener- been able to save $5,000 a year out of their pocket of their $40,000 a year jobs and they got $50,000 in savings because they've been saving for a decade, right? While others are going bankrupt because they have nothing saved, even though they were generating hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year, but they didn't save a dime. The key is not how much money you are making that will make you happy, right? 
Huh. Take a breath. I don't know what I've shared this to multiple pages, so I don't know where all the comments are. If you head over to the Michael Gebbin one, that's the main one I'm monitoring currently. Uh, if you have questions or thoughts while I'm doing this, I'm going to be wrapping it up here in the next five to 15 minutes. And so if you have something you want me to add in here or yeah, but or whatever, then go to my personal page right now, Gebs86, my personal profile, and essentially leave me a comment there. Um, and, um, and then from there, like I said, likes and love if you're enjoying this. If you made it this far, go you, rock and roll. I know the, the lives and uh, the videos uh, in Facebook are always a little different when people catch it there. But again, hashtag live or replay, and I'd love to know what a big insight has been so far. I'd love to know if you feel, you don't have to leave it publicly if you don't want, but whether you feel whether you're an order taker or a master chef, um, let me know, and we'll wrap this up. So after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars over a decade on various expensive and nice things, cheap things, gear, courses, coaches, etc., I can look back and see that I wouldn't be able to write this post and help people, which is my mission in life, if I didn't do all that that I had done. I could easily have zero debt right now and probably $100,000 plus saved with the things I purchased through the years that I really know I can look that didn't do anything but give me the ability to write this post, which to me, in the big picture, is worth it. It might seem crazy to some, but honestly, it was writing this post that has made me fully see that this way, right? That idea that, yeah, there's so many things that I bought that really, besides the ability to write this, like it didn't do anything, nothing. It was a waste of money, except for this story, right? Which makes it not a waste. Um, it, it, you know, it gave me tons of debt. There's a lot of things all giving me stories. Here's the thing. I'm able to look at things like that and recover and help people and ha have it be twisted into a positive, right? And be optimistic about it. Not all through my life that I see things this way, mind you. But the reality is when I look, there was plenty of things that I did that I wouldn't change that I didn't know whether they'd work out and I spent a bunch of money on, but there's so much. And, and a lot of this is around that concept of, of, of gear and gizmos and gadgets and toys and things for potentially doing them at times that are going to, you know, you always pay. You're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. And so at times you might not have the issue now, right? When I first did my first debt, it was 50 bucks a month. It was 75, then 100. I'm making up numbers, but 150, 200, 250, 500. You know, you spend 15,000, I owe 500. Well, no problem, I can do that. And before you know it, a decade's passed and I owe $4,000 a month from my decade of expenses that weren't an issue and weren't a problem. If you're not there yet, hopefully you never do get there, but keep your, keep your habits going and don't change them if they're, not, if they're not healthy and see what happens. Let me know 10 years from now. <laughs> we might be having a conversation. So I have chosen a career in coaching where I feel like I'm the human guinea pig, right? Doing certain things that others don't need to. Uh, and look, we all need to experience pain and suffering in our life. I've become very skilled, though, at getting knocked down and getting back up and doing it again and again and again and again. Some of the experiences I've had have almost broken me. They were scary. They were painful. And they sucked at the moment. I don't believe I or anyone else will be able to remove all your pain and suffering. But there are certain, nor can I remove it, nor can anyone, only you. You can do that, but people can inspire you. People can help you. People can encourage you. And then you have to make the choices to think or feel differently. Um, so you will have plenty of those learning experiences as you go along your journey of life. Piles of debt doesn't have to do with one of them. Um, not to mention the amount of stress and anxiety you can avoid in times like these. If you focus more on the skills and less on acquiring equipment, building uh, building confidence in yourself and spend the time learning more about the non-technical or tactical aspects of the business. I didn't even get into this. Uh, I didn't even get into almost going into bankruptcy. I only mentioned it. That was the whole story in 2016, but I'm happy to share another time. Who knows when a pandemic will happen again in our lifetime, but you can bet Mr. Optimism here knows that there will be something that will happen if you live another 30, 40, 50 years. So rather than spending 90% of your time focusing on what camera to buy and technical skills, start spending more time on yourself. Start spending more money on yourself. The days of just buying the gear and the right technology and gizmos and gadgets and apps and making the best videos in this context are over. The soft skills are what matter now more than ever. Leadership skills, teamwork, 
communication skills, problem-solving skills, work ethic, flexibility, adaptability, interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence, and self-awareness. Your mindset and your attitude matter more than ever. More than ever. So your ability to, uh, uh, to provide an incredible client experience matters. Bada bing, bada boom, hell yes, rock and roll. And uh, I have a little bit more here. <laughs> I'm going to read it off. But that is the meat and potatoes of this post. I have a video that I want to share of a person who shifted his mindset, and his name is Ronnie. It was Christmas of my sophomore year in high school. My mother gave me a video camera, and I fell in love with shooting anything and everything under the sun. That's why I really went to school to study. I went to college to study television broadcasting because I thought that was the only route you could go if you wanted to edit or shoot. I got back home trying to make this little video thing work, but I couldn't get any momentum going at all, and I about lost everything. I ended up getting evicted out of my apartment, my truck getting repossessed. I ended up moving into a small little office inside my dad's office. It was really kind of the lowest point I've ever been. The only thing that brought me any kind of joy was video. I wanted to find someone that succeeded in this. I wanted to find that it was possible, just some glimmer of hope. And I started finding through videos, and I clicked on one, and it was Michael Gavin. And it was an inspiration. I finally got this phone call with Michael, and he goes, what do you love? What do you truly want to do? And my thing is, I've grown up around boats my whole life, in the water. And something I got really addicted to the past couple years is these offshore poker runs. I want to be on the water. I want to be hanging from a helicopter. And he goes, well, then you know what? What we need to focus on is inspiring you and giving you the tools to do that. I had a couple calls with Michael. Things kind of were building, but there was still something missing. And he literally said jump starters. That's where I found this community of people, people just like me in the same situations that I was in, from videographers, artists, anything creative these people were doing. And we were all looking for the same thing. How do we make money doing what we love? For once it was, there is not an A, B, and C path. You gotta choose the path that's right for you. So during the event, Michael taught us about this philosophy called MIA, Massive and Perfect Action. It may not make sense, but do it. And that's exactly what I did. I went online and I found emails for almost every single poker run in the United States and I put out a giant email campaign. And through negotiations over months and time of talking with these people and forming a relationship, we struck a $50,000 deal. That is my entire year right now, is uh, fulfilling these poker runs. I would have never in a million years thought that was possible without jump starters and finally someone kicking my butt and saying, talk to people. If you truly love your passion great enough, you'll, you'll find a way to do it. Right. Rock and roll. One of my favorite, favorite stories is Ronnie's story. And, uh, as I mentioned earlier, for those who have listened to the entire thing, I have that interview from the uh, Jumpstart Virtual Summit that I just did. Uh, and now this guy, that was in 2015. He only had that one, one big win. I say one big win, but he's done so many other things now, including selling his company and on and on. But it, it's a phenomenal story, and it is my absolute passion um, to be able to serve people and help people and coach and quote-unquote jumpstart people, to get them unstuck to get them clear, to get them focused, and to get them to be able to focus on the things that will matter for you individually. Not what I did, not what Ronnie did, not what anybody else is doing. I don't care what anybody else is doing if it won't help you. It's a bottom line. So again, if you've made it this far, I appreciate you being here. If you've listened this far, I appreciate you. 
And uh, if you've listened to a whole bunch of these, you've sent me messages, I appreciate you. And even if you're just hiding in the, in the rafters and listening and you'll message me never, I appreciate you. And the biggest thing that this, this video today, this blog post, again, whatshouldibuy.net, if you actually just want to read the post and see all the videos, whatshouldibuy.net. Um, and that's where you can sign up for those interviews, my audio book. You can check out Coach in Your Pocket or you can go to coachinyourpocket.net. Um, but that's my mission. I, I give a hundred times more stuff away for free in the big picture than I do charge for things. Um, but I charge for access. I charge for personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, support because when people are having problems with courses, uh, courses, groups, uh, books, Facebook groups, et cetera, et cetera, and it's not helping, um, I want to dig into why. What is going on? What do you need specifically? And what will move the needle for you? You know, Ronnie was sitting there trying to do weddings and commercials and all these other things that he didn't really want to do. He wanted to do poker runs. So my question is always, what do you really want to do? And uh, it can always be easier to have someone else dig in that and reflect that back. What I found in my own life is I need people too. Coaches need pe coaches need coaches because it's very easy to talk ourselves in and out of everything. But when you have an objective other individual who's going to see you for who you are and what you really want and hear you, um, it's amazing the magic that can happen or as I've seen what could be considered miracles. So um, anyways, I, uh, I don't have much more. You can go to whatshouldibuy.net uh, what if you want to check out this post. You can go to coachinyourpocket.net if you ultimately uh, want to check out that and the trial that I do with Coaching Your Pocket. I'd love to rock your world for a week and, and see how I can help, see how I can support, give you everything I've got. If you've loved any of this content, it is, it is intense when I deal with you, send you some in-depth audios, and some stay on right then and some don't. But the reality is don't wait until you think you can do it now because I can help you see what to focus on, see what you do and do not need to buy. I don't, you know, in my career now moving forward, if I could go back, I would have spent way more money on mentors up front uh, than I would have on the technology and the gears and all that. Because in through my years of filming things, I've seen that that's where people think that there's silver bullets, whether it's a tactic or a strategy. But if you're not acting on it and you're not optimistic and hopeful and, and finding positive momentum. It doesn't matter what Facebook ad you have, what place you network or what you do, you're going to have a hard time. So um, that's it, my friends. Well, I don't know how many people made it to the end here, but uh, it was fun. That was a different one uh, than normal. Like I said, it's your first time, then, uh, you know, it's definitely different. Go listen to some other things because it's, it's a very different delivery, either my, my solo sessions that are normal or my uh, coaching sessions where I coach people on the podcast and I'm interacting with them. But 99% of the time, I don't just read word for word for something, but I had so many little nuggets I wanted to hit and uh, videos I wanted to share in a certain sequence that it felt right today. So if you enjoyed it, give it some like and love on social media. If you've enjoyed the podcast, leave a review on iTunes. I'd greatly appreciate it. Let me know what's the biggest insight you've had and send me a message on Messenger or send me an email at uh, michael at thejumpstarter.net. I'm grateful for you. Have a super rocking day and uh, I wish you the best in your career, no matter where you're at in your career. Um, remember, no matter how deep you think you are, no matter how far off the beating path you think you've gone, you're always able to get back. I can promise you that there is always a light. There is always a light and miracles happen every day. So thumbs up, my friends. Have a great day. I'll see you. Bye. Oh, video.